You are Locked On Irish, your daily podcast on the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all of the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. Welcome in, folks, to today's episode of Locked On Irish. We are diving into some basketball topics. We've also got some football to discuss. We are previewing Notre Dame's next matchup in basketball against Miami, which is going to be played this Sunday. We then are going to discuss a a fun story of a Notre Dame offer being extended and then something interesting happening afterwards. We'll get to that soon. And then lastly, Quentin Nelson was named to the PFF All-Era Prospect Team. We're going to discuss that as that is always fun to talk about. One of the best linemen to come out of Notre Dame, Quentin Nelson. Before we get to that, I am Joe DeLeon, former college long snapper from the University of Rhode Island, joined by Ryan Roberts, who is the director of scouting at NFL Draft Bible. So today, Ryan, let's start off with our our Notre Dame-Miami preview. Last time they play, Notre Dame completely dominates them and was just one of the best performances we've seen from Notre Dame this season because of how easily they kicked the crap out of Miami, who was down pretty bad, dealing with some injuries. They're still currently dealing with some injuries to the point where um, they're in the process of recouping. This game is going to be played 6 o'clock on Sunday. I believe that is going to be an ACC Network game. But Ryan, I want to talk about and discuss what to expect for this game because right now in the in the past few games for Miami, they haven't really done a whole lot, but they've played close and actually won an important game in this current stretch. They beat Duke by two is that important win. They go into overtime with Virginia Tech and then they lose to ranked Florida State and then they lose to Wake Forest. So this team continues to be, as we discussed last time, one that is not easy to predict the outcome. Things look very favorable for Notre Dame, but they're capable of beating good programs and surprising them if they come to play. And and right now, they are expected, they're not expected, many believe that Chris Likes, who was not available the first time they played, might be back for this game as he started practicing before their UNC game that was canceled earlier this week. So this is going to be another important matchup. It, it plays into what Notre Dame is strong at, which is facing shorter opponents, teams that aren't good at rebounding, teams that turn the ball over a lot, don't play good perimeter defense, and also don't shoot well from three themselves to keep up with Notre Dame. So honestly, the first time we saw them play, I think Chris likes or not, this is still a very good, easy matchup, one of the easier games on their schedule. And the last time they played Miami, it was one of their more impressive victories like you talked about a little bit. I will say this, Joe. Not quite as impressive as that Duke victory yesterday. Am I right? The one that uh, you know. I don't know what you're talking you about. I don't want to talk about it too much. All right, let's just say I was a little. <laughs> I was a little more optimistic about that. Um, I, upset, I was just. I guess we call it. I was just trying not to get ahead of myself when we were off air. I didn't. Want, gotcha. I I said that it last time they played they didn't play well. That's all yeah. I said. That's along the lines of what I said to you. But let's focus on Miami right now. Let's focus on. I'm sorry. Let's focus. Let's focus. 
Yes. Well, I, I, I mean, the point of what I was going there is Notre Dame has shown the ability to play play well against good teams, and they are now going against a Miami team that is not very good, which they have the upper hand against, which they beat the crap out of, to quote Jody Leon, the last time that they played. And I would agree, even with Chris Likes coming back, I don't think Likes and Wong and uh, the rest of the crew are quite up to Notre Dame standards. I think Notre Dame wins this game, you know, even with Chris Likes back in the lineup, because Chris Likes is a is a fun player. He's a good little scorer, can shoot from three well, uh, but he's five foot seven. You know, there's some limitations to his game, no matter if you want to talk about it or not. And we the last time we spoke, Chris Likes obviously not in the lineup. Even with him out of the lineup, Miami is a very tiny lineup. And we're talking about how well Juwan Dorham is playing now. We're talking about how uh, leshevsky has been so good all season. We have size to this lineup um, with some of the perimeter scores now starting to get in a good rhythm here, especially with Prentice Hub with a big shot against Duke to down the stretch to cement to seal that victory. Feel good about this game. Chris likes or not, like you said, I think Notre Dame has a very good chance to pull off this one. Again, super favorable matchup. And, and the last time that we saw them play, plus or minus if some, some extra guys are thrown into this lineup – we saw some some really good performances from Leshevsky, who had 10 rebounds. We saw a, a fantastic three-point shooting day, 55% from three. And then a lot of contributions from Prentice Hub, um, from Juwan Durham, and then also scoring-wise from Nate Leshevsky. So again, this is just a, another... I don't want to say it's an easy automatic victory because it's not because they're capable of beating a team like Duke who Notre Dame just beat in a close game. But the reality of this matchup is based on how they performed last time and also based on how Miami has played throughout their schedule, they are not a very consistent program. They are one of the worst teams in the ACC right now. And the one thing that we've consistently seen is that Notre Dame struggles to maintain leads against the top half of the conference and absolutely demolishes all of the teams at the bottom. They've smacked Wake Forest, they smacked BC, they smacked Miami the first time they played, and they, uh, they've just consistently done very well in those specific games. And the one thing that we continually see is that they shoot very well from three in these performances. So I'm not really too worried about it. I think that we don't really need to go too deep in this, Ryan, because... It is a very easy matchup. I might be eating my words on Sunday, but this should be an easy victory for Notre Dame uh, for this this next upcoming matchup. I, I can't see a loss here. I, I know, like, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. I don't want to take a team for granted, but I'm going to pull Joe Namath here. We're going to win the game. I guarantee it. <laughs> that's a little, that's a little aggressive for such an inconsequential game. <laughs> I, I'm a big, I'm a big person. I, I have a big factor into this game. Okay, so Notre Dame. I'm a basketball. big person, Ryan Roberts. A, I didn't put that on that. a T-shirt. I, I, I didn't say that. I said, I said, I'm a big factor into this game. I have a lot. I, to do you did. I have. I'll be I, on the side. I have the audio of you saying, "I'm <sighs> a big person," and then Joe, correcting yourself. Joe, so. today, today is the two week. Uh, I don't not anniversary the two week mark of my daughter being born so I still have dad brain so I still get to use it for another week. Has so. it been two weeks? Okay, it's been two weeks. Absolutely I'll allow. Has. 
I'll lie. You get one more week, and that's it. And then sounds we're, good. And then I'll you're fired. <laughs> <I'm> fired. <laughs> Resignation. Yeah, and then you you can sue me for wrongful termination. We'll go. We'll figure it out from there. <laughs> All right. I'm, I'm, I'm taking I'm taking the built bar ad with me though. You, you can't have. I, it. I don't think you have control over that. I think Locked On controls that. <laughs> I'll talk. To, I'll talk to Ross about it. Figure it out. Okay. All right. Well, let's uh, let's get on to this next segment. We're going to talk about a Rutgers commit making a, a pretty quick decision after getting a Notre Dame offer. Uh, before we do, though, Ryan, can you talk to our listeners about Rock Auto? One of the most frustrating things in the world is to make some auto parts decisions and make some repairs to your car. It's absolutely infuriating at times. And if you know, if you go to some of these chain stores, they have different price tiers for both professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. RockAuto.com, on the other hand, has prices that are the same for everybody and are always reliably low. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market dictates, kind of like airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. You can go to RockAuto.com today to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything that you need from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered straight to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices that you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? You can go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on on their how did you hear about us box so that they know that we were the ones that sent you. Amazing selections, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. February is Black History Month, and the Locked On Podcast Network is honoring the challenges and success of black men and women in sports with a new series called Locked On Presents More Than the Game. Don't miss this week's episode featuring Candace Cooper of Locked On Tar Heels and Erica Ayala of Locked On Women's Basketball discussing the opportunities and challenges that come with being a black woman in sports. There's a new episode coming next week, so go ahead and subscribe to the new Locked On Presents podcast feed on the Radio.com app or wherever you get your podcast. So Ryan... We got a fun little story here. I, I would consider it fun. This isn't really a, a super big headline that I think that we need to talk about because uh, of who was offered and and this isn't like we're getting a five star recruit here. But on Wednesday, no, on Tuesday rather. Sorry, on Tuesday, Addison Copeland was committed to Rutgers, three star New York wide receiver. Um, he's up near Buffalo. Is, is where he's from. This is a 2022 receiver. Receives an offer from Tommy Rees in the offensive staff at Notre Dame. Minutes later, he's decommitted from Rutgers. <laughs> it's just so cool. I, I know this stuff happens all the time. It hasn't happened recently enough for me to remember an instance with this happening with Notre Dame off the top of my head. But it's just so funny how quickly his mind changed 
when he was all set to go to Rutgers, which is a, a surging program right now, not going to be a, um, a high-impact team in the Big Ten. He's probably going to play a lot more at Rutgers. They've got nice facilities. I've been in those facilities a bunch of times. They've got, it's a nice program. He's going to play more at Rutgers, but, or has a better chance of playing at Rutgers. But I just this is pretty funny to see how quickly he changed his mind as soon as he got that call. Well, I, I think one instance that we just saw that was, you know, I don't think it was a few minutes, it was probably a couple hours, but Audrick right. me, he was assumed that like the minute the Notre Dame offered him, he was going to decommit from Michigan State. So that was kind of like a, another instance that like on the top of my head I thought of. For I, Addison, think there was like, a, I think there was a longer period of time. I think, actually, yeah. it might have been a day at least. It, it might have been I mean, a few hours or a day probably sounds yeah. about right. I, th- I think you're right in, in that sense. I will say Addison Copeland, just looking at his highlights without knowing too much about him, Looks like a talented football player. Looks like he belongs at Notre Dame. So, like, this isn't just a throwaway offer or something like that. But, man, being a New Jersey guy, poor Rutgers. <laughs> poor <laughs> Rutgers, man. Oh, you got nothing. You don't care about Rutgers. You're nowhere Not near really. Rutgers. Right. Rutgers is, is in my backyard. You're all I, the way down at Delaware. Oh, I'm, I, think I'm closer, <laughs> I, I think I'm closer to uh, to New Brunswick than you are. I don't know. Maybe. It's a 40-minute drive. I okay, drive I'm, down, the, I drive down right. there every day. All right. I'm an hour and 10 minutes. Okay. It's yeah. Don't don't, don't tell don't tell me okay. you're closer okay. to Rutgers. Well, I like Rutgers into the sense of like, hey, it's nice when Rutgers is good. For sure. Those years when they're not, it was awful. Under Kyle Flood and all those dudes, like it just wasn't great. Greg Schiano brings back a little momentum, a little juice to them. So it's nice to see Rutgers getting maybe potentially a little more relevant and poor Rutgers, man. It stinks because, they, you know, like you said, the minute that Notre Dame offers a kid that's committed to Rutgers, you're you're done. You know, like at that point, <laughs> especially if, if obviously the recruit heavily values not only the program, but the, the, the dual aspect of being a student and being an athlete that Notre Dame can bring that not many universities in – the country can bring like that's just something that they bring to you know their pitch to recruits so the minute that Notre Dame offered Addison it was an easy no-brainer for him and you know just quick shout out to Rutgers though doing a good job <laughs> get it going I don't mean to I don't mean to knock Rutgers too much but uh, it was always the running joke that if you don't do well you're gonna end up at Rutgers uh, like in terms of academics but <laughs> I don't I, I don't mean to be negative but hey, comparing maybe- the two Comparing the two academically, Notre Dame is is obviously far superior. So maybe this is the case where he valued academics enough to take on that opportunity. And we've seen three-star guys turn into some really high-impact players, and hopefully he does end up turning into that that type of a player. Um, but right now, listed on 247 Sports, he's considered to be a 100% chance of committing to Notre Dame. No announcement yet. Yeah. I'd be curious to hear from Tom Loy if he thinks he'll commit. And and again, this is not like a major recruit that we're getting here. This is a guy that was ranked over 100 in the wide receiver class. He's a three-star yeah. recruit. But it, it's just worth noting that a you know, quick instant offer immediately means that he's going to come to Notre Dame. And I, I, I wonder if this what this means for the rest of the intentions at the wide receiver position for the rest of their offers. Like, I wonder if they're going to be proactive in trying to recruit more receivers or if, if maybe Addison was one of the, the top priorities for, for trying to get him. Cause this is a pretty early offer. It is what, well, and I will, I will say like, yes, he's a three-star right now, but like he still has another season to play. Like Kyle Hamilton at one point was a three-star out of Georgia too, you know, until he made that late rise to five-star status. So like, does it mean that that's the quality that he is? He might just be a guy that's been under-recruited to this degree for some reason. But, you know, see what the big rise is with Addison Copeland. Obviously, Notre Dame has 
honed in on him as a big-time offer and a big-time target and a guy that they want in South Bend. So good for him. We'll see if they're able to land him sometime soon. Coming up, we will wrap up with covering Quentin Nelson making a PFF All-Era team, which is a fun topic to discuss. Before we get to that, though, folks, let's talk about Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, NHL are in full swing. The MLB is not too far away. Bet Online even covers award shows, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds that you need, and it is the best way to place your bets, and it is free to sign up. Head to the, their website and use your or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Folks, make sure you hit that subscribe button and leave us a five-star review if you enjoy listening to the show. Would really appreciate your feedback, folks. So, fun little story here as Quentin Nelson earns his way onto the PFF All-Era Prospect Team. And for anybody wondering what that is, Mike Renner, who I believe is a Notre Dame alumni, uh, produced an article for PFF. Who he, I think he's probably one of the more recognizable people at PFF at one point. If I'm not mixing him up with somebody else, uh, he was actually on The Bachelorette at one yes, point as a, as a yes, contestant, which is such a – that dude is such a weird guy. There's just the random tidbits to have on him. <laughs> but Renner has, uh, has put together this article highlighting the best prospects at every position that he has graded and that has been graded. There's a number of interesting names in there. Rashawn Slater was the other guard, which I don't want to waste our time here on because I know Ryan definitely has thoughts on that. But Quentin Nelson is the first guard listed. And just a quick quote from the article, guard is definitely a position where most often than not, the best prospects aren't the ones who play there in college. Three of the four here were college left tackles. Nelson is obvious. He had run and pass blocking grades over 90 in his final season in 2017. And, and Quentin Nelson, and that's actually a really interesting tidbit there because Quentin Nelson is the rare form for the guard position because we typically see a guard that either switched positions like Zach Martin, who was playing tackle and got bumped in because he was too small, and ends up doing really well and gets drafted towards the mid-round. But Quentin Nelson, who's a gigantic human being, was recognized for the crazy athlete that he is and the fantastic blocker that he is and was as highly sought after where people thought that he might be the second overall pick in his draft class. Instead, the Giants decided to take Saquon Barkley. That's a separate issue. But it, it just a testament to how good Quentin Nelson was when his time at Notre Dame. Quentin Nelson might be the best player I've ever graded. I mean, I don't have the grades in front of me, but he is, I mean... There was like it was like one of those things where like sometimes like you read the weaknesses column and you're just like that's not an actual weakness <laughs> like you're just, you just have to get something in the column yeah you're just trying to find something to put there <laughs> right right and it, he's just like one of those I mean first off I think he's a Red Bank Catholic kid from New Jersey he's definitely from New Jersey though I know that for a fact so you know it's been fun to see his evolution 
throughout his career. And he was he was actually recruited to Notre Dame as a left tackle. It's just that they had they had dudes there, right? They had Ronnie Stanley and then Mike McGlinchey. Like they've just always had tackles that have like look more like tackles. But I will say, Quentin Nelson could play offensive tackle. There was no doubt in my mind. He's six foot five. He's got right around 34 inch arms. Like he hits all those thresholds and he's a very good athlete. But what he does, like the what he does well just fits better inside. There's always that conversation of like, if you're a good tackle, leave him at Put a guy where he fits best. That's the NFL draft angle for here. And he fits that mold as a mauling interior player better than he does outside. And regardless of position, like we always talk about generational players, Trevor Lawrence is a generational quarterback. Quentin Nelson is by far a generational offensive guard because you don't see guys like him come out very often. A guy that plays a true interior spot that you are saying is a top two player in the class, top three player in the class, maybe the best player in the class. Like that doesn't happen ever. You have to be good to be in that spot as an interior lineman. That's it. It is, it is pretty, pretty crazy to consider. And the fact that he was able to step in, have an immediate impact. And he's a three time pro uh, all pro player. Like, are you kidding me? (laughs) That's a perfect epitomization of, of what he's been able to do. And he's so good on the NFL level. It was like after one year or two years, they're like, is he a better player than Zach Martin already who had been like multiple year pro bowl or all pro as well. And it's like one of those legacy things where you're like, I want to see it a little more over a a small period of time. And just looking back on it now, like he was (laughs) like, he's the best offensive guard in the NFL. And if we're not taking the positional value into effect and throwing guys like Ronnie Stanley and all those guys into the conversation, Teron Armstead, like um, Ryan Ramchek, like you're not throwing those guys in the conversation because they play offensive tackle. Quentin Nelson's probably the best offensive lineman in the NFL right now, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Like the guy, what he what he does on a game to game basis, the snap to snap basis, the dominance that he has. He's, I mean, I think he's a future Hall of Famer. You talk about the best guards of all time, the Larry Allen's of the world. Quentin Nelson's going to be in that conversation for me. And also, I just wanted to hit on, you know, you're talking about getting a guy on the field at the position that he's going to be best at. Yeah. Um, I find that interesting to consider too. If you recall back to his time. At Notre Dame, if I'm correct, he was playing on a line that had, um, oh my God, I'm blanking on Nick, Nick Martin. Uh, it was Mike Nick McGlinchey. Martin, but who was his right? Oh, Mike McGlinchey was his, was the right tackle. And he was then, the right tackle, and then Ronnie and, Stanley was left tackle. Was left tackle. So it's like, where yeah. do you put him when you have these two guys that are taller and longer? He, and he's a he's a really good run blocker. So it's uh, I, it it almost benefited him him being in a situation where. He was forced to bump inside, and then people started to realize, why would we move him out when he's just kicking everybody's ass inside? Like, why, why would we waste our time moving him over when we don't know what the results are going to be, and he's just beating the crap out of everybody uh, that he goes against? And, and I, I think that people really need to look back to that offensive line, not the one where he was a redshirt junior, like the redshirt sophomore year, the redshirt freshman year. That year, like Ronnie Stanley who is maybe the best left tackle in the NFL. Obviously, he got hurt during this season, but like mm-hmm. he was paid as the highest-paid offensive tackle. Outstanding player. Only gave up like six pressures in 2019. Just an, out, an insane statistic. You have him at left tackle. You have Mike McGlinchey, who's a starting right tackle in the NFL and was a top-10 pick. And then the center, Nick Martin, just quietly has been a starting center for the Houston Texans for yeah. the majority of his career. Steve Elmer is the only guy that didn't pan out, but like, you know, he's just, he's your fifth best offensive lineman. We're talking about four offensive linemen, two all pros, 
one good player and then one starting center for how many ever years. And then one guy who decided he wanted to pursue a career in business over doing anything else. Hey, that's what he wanted to do. Stupid as hell. <laughs> you can do that after, man. Could have. Don't want to save his body. Save his body, you know? He just couldn't take football, apparently. Uh, thanks, folks, for tuning in. <laughs> that's going to be it for uh, today's episode. Thanks for hopping on to listen with us. Stay tuned for tomorrow's episode, last of the week. Follow us on social media at Joe DeLeon, at Rise and Draft, and at Locked on Irish. Hit that subscribe button and leave us a five-star review if you enjoy it. And then lastly, if you're looking for something to tune into, check out Locked on Presents More Than the Game or Bet Online. We'll talk to you later. Or sorry, not Bet Online, Locked on Bets is what I meant to say. <laughs> uh, give them a free ad, ad spot there. We'll talk to you tomorrow, folks. 